are Locked On Pelicans, your daily New Orleans Pelicans podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to another edition of Locked On Pelicans, the daily podcast covering your favorite team, the New Orleans Pelicans in NBA, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, available wherever you get your podcasts. I'm your host, Pelicans Insider, credential member of the media, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter, here with y'all on this Monday, day after a, two days after a very disappointing loss for the Pelicans against the Minnesota Timberwolves. We'll talk a little bit about that game, what's going on as kind of a follow-up to the Friday show of what the hell is going on with this team. I want to take a look at Lonzo Ball, some of the difficulties in that situation, and then of course it is a game day as the Pelicans take on the San Antonio Spurs. We'll preview that game for you. That is a team the Pelicans have beaten this year, so maybe that's boding well for them, but we'll break it all down in the third segment of today's edition of Locked on Pelicans. Today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Go to BuiltBar.com, use promo code LOCKEDON, and you'll get 20% off your next order. So Saturday, the Pelicans played the Minnesota Timberwolves, a game that they were favored by 9.5 points on because the Minnesota Timberwolves were basically missing like every single person on their team that is worth playing in this one. Um, No Carl Anthony Towns for the Minnesota Timberwolves, no D'Angelo Russell. And while they're playing guys who have names you may have heard of before, at times this did feel a little bit like a G League or a Summer League team. The Pelicans were favored by 9.5, and then they promptly went out and lost by 10. And that doesn't even kind of show how close uh, this game actually was. The Timberwolves were up by as many as 18. This wasn't a 10-point game. This was closer to a 20-point blowout. And then Pelicans Twitter, as I've uh, and I have a question for you all about something with this, kind of melted down, understandably so. Again, no Carl Anthony Towns, no D'Angelo Russell. If the Pelicans can't beat this team the hell is going on basically a fully healthy new orleans pelicans team right this isn't a squad that was resting zion that didn't have brandon ingram or anything like that in there and those guys played and you even got a good game out of eric bledsoe in this one but this was just an absolutely putrid performance defensively for new orleans all around they gave up open three-point shots 12 of them, though that number is manageable for New Orleans, but they gave up a ton inside as well, 52 points in the paint for the Minnesota Timberwolves. They were really led by Naz Reed, who put up 20 against New Orleans, and this is a problem. This is one of those games where you look at it and go, okay, nothing is working whatsoever in this one. Also, LSU fans may remember Naz Reed a little bit. So, you look at this and it kind of fits in everything we've seen. The team, while defending shots and limiting shots at the rim, is actually bad at rim protection, right? Well, they gave up 52 points in the paint. I've been banging that drum for a while now for you all. Gave up open three-point shots and just provided no resistance to the Minnesota Timberwolves. This Pelicans team, more uh, worse than everything you saw in this one, just came out flat. Like, they didn't look like they really tried whatsoever. And in the fourth quarter, they actually played with a sense of urgency. But at that point, it was just too little, too late. Brandon Ingram scored 13 points in the fourth quarter. He scored 30 overall, so almost half his points came in the fourth quarter. That's nice, but when you're down by as many as you are, I don't think it ultimately matters, and it was too little, too late. And it wasn't until maybe the final eight minutes or so in this game that New Orleans decided that they wanted to show up and play basketball. The problem was you had played three quarters beforehand. 
It's one thing to lose to good teams, and I had said this on Twitter, on, you know, this road trip you played the Clippers, the Lakers, and the Jazz twice. All three of those teams are probably the three best teams in the Western Conference right now, and you could argue they're three of the top teams in the overall NBA. Losing to them as a team that's not good as them is understandable. You can live with that. You almost expect it to some degree. Getting blown out in some of those not so great bad three uh, third quarters not so great but you can at least kind of understand those losses that this team isn't perfect there's going to be reasons for struggles but you shouldn't come out and play with no heart and I don't, I don't really like questioning players hearts or things like that or say they've lost their love of basketball what have you because we're not in their heads we don't know that and that's just straight up like in terms of, like journalism malpractice to some degree but you watch this team play listless basketball, particularly in the third quarter, particularly in the first half, or a team that should have run out of the building, that's disappointing. That's upsetting. That is something that is on everyone. That is on front office. That's on the coaching staff. It's on the players. And that's never what you want to see. At least try hard and not be good enough and get beat because of that. But that's not what happened here. And I think that's the first time this season you could see that this team just wasn't really caring, wasn't really trying. And that's the most disappointing part. You don't want to root for a team that doesn't go out and try. You want to root for a team that's plucky, that fights hard, and is willing to compete on a nightly basis. You didn't see that from the Pelicans on Saturday. If you turn that game off, you probably made the right decision. Do anything else with your Saturday night that was more fun. Disappointing loss for New Orleans. Just, this is the type of loss that's unacceptable. I don't mind the losses to the Jazz. The Jazz are a special team and playing some really excellent basketball right now. The Lakers are the Lakers. They're going to be the presumptive favorite. The Clippers are the Clippers. They have Paul George. They have Kawhi Leonard. This freaking Timberwolves team with no one playing, no one really, really good playing. Like, they have some talented guys, don't get me wrong. But they don't have the top-end talent in this game. And you get blown out by them? This was bad. And you saw it. the lack of bench production was in this one. Um, you got a good performance out of Brandon Ingram. You got an okay performance out of Zion Williamson, who didn't really look all there in this one. You actually had good Eric Bledsoe show up, which was fun to see and get a kind of vintage performance from him of 28 points on 11 of 23 shooting and 3 of 5 from deep. Then you got a bad performance from Lonzo Ball, 4 of 10 from the field, though he did have 7 assists. Um, and the turnovers weren't too bad from him in this game. We're going to talk about Lonzo Ball in the next segment, though, too. But you just didn't get enough of what you needed. And at this point, you know, I don't want to say we need to to change kind of how we're viewing the season. Because, again, I never thought this team was anything more than the 10th seed at, at the best case scenario. But this Pelicans roster probably needs to switch gears a little bit. Maybe more development, maybe not. But I have no doubt that they're going to try and win against the, uh, the Spurs tonight. So we'll preview that in the third segment. We'll talk Lonzo Ball next. But this was a pretty, uh, you know, dispiriting, dispiriting per, uh, performance from New Orleans against the Minnesota Timberwolves game. They absolutely should have won. And there's really no excuse for losing this one. 
So before we get to Lonzo Ball, today's episode of Locked On Pelicans brought to you by Built Bar. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar ever. Seriously, give them a try. You're not going to find any protein bar better than this. Look, protein bars don't need to be good, right? They don't need to taste great. You're taking them because you just need that protein. You're going to go work out or you want to use it as a low-calorie meal replacement, something like that. But if they can be good, if they can taste delicious, hey, why not actually eat that over the one that tastes like chalk or something like that? Well, Built Bar is that bar because these things are better than ever. They come in amazing flavors, caramel brownie, cookies and cream, lemon almond cheesecake, toffee almond. I could go on and on and on. They even have a mixed uh, box option where they're going to just throw one of every flavor pretty much in there to let you try what you want. I've been digging the mint brownie one recently. These bars are soft, they're easy to chew, and they're covered in 100% real chocolate. They're great for the health conscious person because these bars are low calorie, low sugar, high in protein, and high in fiber. So go to builtbar.com, use promo code locked on, and you're going to get 20% off your next order. That's promo code locked on for 20% off at builtbar.com. Get more of the sports news you need in less time with our new Locked On Today podcast. Peter Bukowski hosts Locked On Today, a daily podcast breaking down the biggest stories with analysis from our local experts. Start your day with all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes. Subscribe to Locked On Today wherever you get your podcasts. So we're going to talk Lonzo Ball in a second, but I want to add one or two more things on to last segment and that loss to the Timberwolves. I said this this road trip and the struggles we saw from the Pelicans are kind of understandable. They're, they're overmatched against some of the better teams in the NBA. But make no mistake, as a Pelicans fan, that loss to the Minnesota Timberwolves was absolutely unacceptable. You deserve better than that. And I don't really think deserve comes into a lot of this stuff all that often. But that listless performance, you deserve better than that. And you would hope that the Pelicans want to put a better product than that out there on the court. Their marketing of won't bow down, which they're keeping from next year, uh, from last year to this year, it doesn't apply when you see performances like that. When you don't see the tweaks necessary and change necessary to try and win games. The problem here is there's no real answer. I've seen a lot of people call from Wenyan Gabriel to come in and play, who doesn't have a three-point shot, really. Wenyan Gabriel ain't the answer to the the problems that the New Orleans Pelicans face. This is a lot of internal looking at each other and looking for some accountability. You haven't really seen that, right? Where's the demonstrative leader on the court demanding change? Stan Van Gundy is holding these players accountable because he's actually throwing them under the bus in a lot of his post-game press conferences in a way that you never saw Alvin Gentry do, saying they need to be better, not that it's on him, And there was earlier in the season times when it was on him. Some of the rotations I definitely think are on him too. But these players flat out need to actually give a damn on defense. And you're not seeing that from this team. I saw a lot of talk before the season started about how, you know, this is a good throwaway year. You're not going to have fans in the stands, so you don't need to worry about selling tickets, all of that stuff. So maybe you can be bad. Maybe it's a stealth tank, something like that. All that's BS because you know what? The Pelicans aren't doing themselves any favors in trying to build up this franchise when you have Zion Williamson and there should be a ton of excitement around it. And make no mistake, despite the poor performance from him last uh, on, over the weekend, he's looked good leading up to that. 
right? The 30 points per game, the 70 plus field goal percentage, all of that stuff. This should be an exciting time around New Orleans basketball. And now in his first two years here, you had that huge 13, 12 game losing streak last season. And now you have a team that's lost eight of their last nine and looking to potentially make it nine of 10. It's not a great introduction for Zion to the NBA for him and also to the fan base that were sold on him bringing a championship to New Orleans. You are still trying to sell tickets in in the arena and getting season ticket holders to give you their money, even if they're not actively going to games. And also they just sent out an email being like, we have lower bowl tickets for sale. So clearly they're actually having some struggle filling out the 750 or whatever that number person capacity at the Smoothie King Center is. Throw in the fact that for people in, in, I don't think it's millennials, whatever it is, around that you know 25 to 35 range who might have cut the cable cord, can't watch games on TV legally, you have a big problem here for the New Orleans Pelicans trying to build up their fan base for the future and generate some excitement. And this is how we run into a lot of the problems from the past 10 plus years, 20 plus years of New Orleans pro basketball since the NBA returned. I don't think the front office needs to look at these past 10 years and we'd be like, we need to give you a winner right now. They're focused on this year. But marketing, building up a fan base, you're going to run into a lot of the same problems if you see performances like you did against the Minnesota Timberwolves. Okay, that's my kind of final rant on that. But I want to move on to Lonzo Ball. Again, another not good performance. And I really don't care about his fans. And it was great that Christian Clark of The Advocate dubbed them Zoanon out there, um, which, which was pretty great because... Look, he's not been a good player so far this season. There's no other way to put it. We're not going to sugarcoat it here. And I don't need to dwell on this too much. I see a lot of people who are creating more content for Lonzo Ball fans to piss them off, stands to piss them off, than actually creating content for you, Pelicans fans, which is what their job is. But we don't need to do that too much. But I do want to talk about trading him because it's the number one thing I'm asked about right now. This is not going to be easy. And if you're trying to get some value in return for Lonzo Ball, you're going to be severely disappointed. I've seen. Could you flip him from Lowry Markkinen from the Chicago Bulls? What about John Collins from the um, Atlanta Hawks? You're not flipping Lonzo Ball for any remotely good player. Even if it's a player a team doesn't want to pay, they don't want to pay Lonzo Ball. So you're not going to do a trade or anything like that. I think right now for Lonzo Ball, you could be looking at getting a protected second round pick. That's it. Like one of those fake picks, top 55 protected that'll never convey to the team. You're just trading him to move him. That's how low I think the value is. And part of that is because you've got to pay him this coming off season. If he had one more year on his contract, it'd be an entirely different story. But he doesn't, and I think that's a big part of the problem. If you don't want to pay this dude, and maybe he's not going to command as much in free agency as he was before, but do you even want to pay him $10 million a year? $15 million a year? He's making $11 right now. It's not like he's looking for to take less potentially, though he might have to. So when you look at the situation, I think that's really what hurts his trade value. Nick Angstad of the Mavericks was like, yeah, I'd maybe take a flyer on Lonzo Ball. Okay, do you want to take a flyer on Lonzo Ball and then have to pay Lonzo Ball after you only get to evaluate him for, at this point, call it 50 games? Probably not. Same for Adam Mares of the Locked On Nuggets podcast and Locked On NBA on Fridays, saying, you know, I'd like to try it, but you know what? You're right. I don't really want to give up anything if we're going to have to pay him and then maybe we let him walk. And look, you can say he shouldn't get a lot of money in free agency and he shouldn't, but don't 
overestimate NBA front offices with money to burn and how dumb some of the moves that they make are. We have examples of that Solomon Hill here in New Orleans. So with all of that in mind, I don't think you're getting much for him. And that creates a big problem, right? Like what's what's it worth to you to move on from Lonzo Ball? Now, there is a reason you could want to move him. And that simply would be you want to open up minutes for Kyra Lewis Jr. and maybe Nikhil Alexander-Walker a little bit more. And you probably should do that. So it's less about getting value for him, but more opening minutes for your guys on your team. And to make sure you're playing Kyra Lewis Jr. Because when you look at the point guard situation here in New Orleans, how is he not getting more minutes? And if the Pelicans want to shift to more of a building for the future than competitive season right now, you've got to play him. He's shown some flashes here at times in the limited minutes that he's gotten. You're only going to see a little bit more about him by playing him more minutes. Now, you don't want to start throwing 36 minutes at him per game. Or for Nikhil Alexander-Walker, confidence is very much a real thing. And if you throw him out there and he struggles, because again, rookies tend to struggle, you've got to wonder what that could do to him long term. And it could be more harmful than good. So it's about striking the right balance, as all things are, um, here in New Orleans between building for the future, getting these guys some burn out there on the court, but not making sure they're in a situation where they're going to fail. Not really an easy thing. But Lonzo Ball is not going to get you much in return. But it's definitely time to probably cut his minutes down. I know they want to get something in return for him, but here's the thing. If he plays really well for a short period of time, I don't know if that raises his value that much. He played well last year, at least shooting the ball, and that clearly didn't carry over. So if you see some nice flashes from him for a short period of time, I don't know if other teams are really going to buy into that and be like, oh, we got to pay him now. It just hasn't worked out for a variety of reasons. And sure, some of that's on the Pelicans too and not giving him space to drive, but at certain you know, but at certain points other guys are still doing it. He needs to do more of it, and you're not seeing it from him. At this point, though, it's probably time to move on from Lonzo Ball. The problem is you're probably gonna need to do that by benching him rather than trading him. So it's a game day for your New Orleans Pelicans. We'll take a look at that matchup against the San Antonio Spurs tonight, 8 p.m., a little bit later. Um, and we'll discuss that part, too, in a minute because it's kind of interesting. But before we get to that, today's show is brought to you by betonline.ag. The Super Bowl is set. You're going to bet on it. And if you want to go and do that, there's only one place I trust, and that's betonline.ag. Sign up today for a free account at betonline.ag and use that promo code Locked On for your 50% welcome bonus. It's already like you've won a bet, and all you did was just sign up. They've got every single prop you could imagine on the Super Bowl and I'm going to have some fun with that is you get the old goat and that's not easy for a Colts fan to say and Saints fan to say uh, versus the new goat it should be a pretty fun game just make it a little bit more interesting don't sit on the sidelines anymore get in on the action and don't forget use that promo code locked on to receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit bet online your online sportsbook experts don't forget, subscribe to the Lockdown NBA podcast. A whole lot going on in the league. Sometimes it's tough to keep up with who's playing, who isn't, with all the COVID issues going on around the league. Make sure you listen to Lockdown NBA to catch up on everything, recapping all the games the night before, giving you the biggest stories. I co-host the Wednesday edition of that, too, and it is a lot of fun to catch up on everything going on around the association. Subscribe to Lockdown NBA wherever you get your podcasts. 
So it's a game day here in the Crescent City. In the Crescent City, the Pelicans back from that road trip. Hopefully, the friendly confines of the Smoothie King Center will be a little bit kinder to New Orleans. And they start by taking on the San Antonio Spurs. Um, tonight at 8 o'clock, games move back. Home games now from 7 to 8 to add an additional COVID test in there to try and see if they can prevent some of the issues that the NBA has been running into. But the NBA is struggling with this to some degree right now. But the game is going to to happen tonight. These two teams have already played at one point early on in the season with the Pelicans squeaking out a victory in the third game. This is interesting because the Pelicans per betonline.ag, our good friends there, say that the Pels are favored by two and a half points. I don't know if I really want to bet on anything regarding the New Orleans Pelicans right now, though there is one bet, and I'll tell you what that is, that I find a little bit intriguing right now um, for this team. So this is one that the Pelicans are favored on, even though the San Antonio Spurs beat the Washington Wizards pretty handily last night, a 20-point win, 121-101. But the Washington Wizards haven't played basketball for what seems like a month at this point, probably kind of rusty going into that game. Bradley Beal with 31 points, but on 29 shots is not the normal efficiency that you um, expect out of him. So this San Antonio Spurs team is a bit surprising at 9-8, and eight, but there's a reason I don't like to write off the San Antonio Spurs, and that's because Greg Popovich is really good and usually comes up with a very smart game plan. And in the first game that these two teams played early on in the season, Zion only, only scored 18 points against them. And when I was looking at betonline.ag to see the player op- uh, odds in terms of points scored, Zion Williamson starts at 22 and then goes up from there. I think this is a game that he may be quiet in. We saw it on the first game he ever played in the NBA against the Spurs that Greg Popovich really tried to scheme him out of the game and it took four made threes in a row to really get him going and put up a good stat line. He was somewhat quiet in the first game that these two teams played this season. I think Popovich wants to get burned by anyone else and isn't going to let Zion Williamson go off. So I'm staying away for his total points uh, per game in this game bet tonight because I'm scared of that one. But they do seem to think that it's going to be somewhere around like 24, 26 points per betonline.ag. And if he does that, I think the Pelicans are going to have a very, very good chance of victory in this one. Part of that is that the Spurs don't shoot a ton of threes. They're one of the uh, lower 10 teams in the league in terms of volume, 26, only launching about 31 per game. They make them at a good enough clip, but that volume isn't an insane amount. And I don't know if these guys necessarily trust themselves to be like excellent three-point shooters. They've got some guys that can definitely do it. But if Rudy Gay goes off and beats you from draining threes, you're going to kind of live with that, right? You want to force DeMar DeRozan into taking those three-pointers, even though he doesn't take a lot of them so far this season. That's what you're looking to do. If they're bombing threes away, you might feel good about the chances that New Orleans has in this one. Really where this game might come down to it, because I do think the Pelicans are a more talented team, at least up top, um, than the San Antonio Spurs are, is that bench unit for San Antonio. They have a lot of guys that can really fill it up off of the bench. Patty Mills is averaging 15 points per game off the bench. Rudy Gay is averaging 12 off the bench. And when you look at them and how they play, those guys tend to come in around the middle of the first quarter and stay till about the middle of the second quarter, sometimes with DeMar DeRozan in there and Deontay Murray when you look at their lineups. That that um, DeMar DeRozan, Rudy Gay, Patty Mills, Devin Vassell, their rookie, and Jacob Podol, um, that's a lineup that can burn New Orleans because that lineup tends to do 
pretty well. And so this game may be lost between the middle of the first and the middle of the second quarter. And if the bench unit for New Orleans does not keep up with the San Antonio Spurs bench, it, it could be tough, man. Like, that's not a good matchup at that point uh, for New Orleans. You're going to need J.J. Redick to hit some threes. You're going to need Josh Hart to be sound offensively off the bench. Vassell, 14 points last game. Rudy Gay, Gay, 13 points. Patty Mills, 21 points. It's a lot off the bench for those guys, and they're really going to potentially fill it up. And if New Orleans, then their defense isn't sound. If they don't get any offense from that bench unit, it's going to be a long night, and the starter's going to need to play heavy minutes. And that's kind of my key to this game and what I'm going to be watching for. So enjoy the game tonight a little bit later than normal, 8 o'clock instead of seven and don't forget subscribe to locked on pelicans wherever you get your podcast from as always i'm your host jake madison at nola jake on twitter and we'll be back with you all tomorrow to recap the game